What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. My name's Drew. I'm here with Brooklyn in episode 191. It is June 19th. The NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup are over, so it's baseball season. The NFL is around the corner. But as you guys know, the NBA never sleeps. There's never an offseason because they are always so drama-filled. It is insane. What's going on, brother? How you doing? How we living? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Father's Day. Everybody. Happy Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth. Yes, sir. This is a great, it's a nice holiday weekend. Yeah, it's it's dope. You do anything yesterday? Uh, I worked, so I made some money. That was cool. Uh, Juneteenth, also a federal holiday now. So shout out to to the U.S. government for for that. And now people get off of work officially. If you have, like, jobs to get off for federal holidays on. So shout out. Go celebrate Juneteenth if you guys are are not already, which means you have time to listen to this. So click it, link it, like, and subscribe if you aren't already. Come on now. While you're at it, go follow us at Spectators Media. It's just too easy, man. We're going to get into this because there's a lot of stuff. Obviously, the NBA Finals happened last week. They ended on Monday. I want to give a big virtual high five to you and myself because Nuggets in five, we called it. I said it before the Heat even won their series. I said it didn't matter who won. It was going to be a gentleman's sweep. It was. They were dominant. Despite them not even playing their best basketball at times, they were dominant. Nikola Jokic finals MVP. One of the cooler things to happen with this, too, is that the postgame, Nikola Jokic was furious, mm-hmm. George, that he had to stay for this for this um parade on thursday or friday yeah thursday he's like oh i need to go home i need to feed the horses like i need to leave (laughs) and i've never seen somebody like i've never seen the best player on a team care so little about winning like this is what you did the whole season to do this and he was like yeah whatever uh and then everybody was like this is just a nine to five for Jokic." it literally is like this is just his day job it's like i guess i get cool for him and then he (laughs) He's the he's the pinnacle of work life balance. Like he yeah, he likes his job a little bit and he's good at it, but like he still wants to go live his life that he's choosing. So shout out to that. Just because he's an athlete, uh, this isn't like his whole life that it's centered around it. And I really like that about it's him. Cool. It's, it's very relatable, right? Um And he was so calm, cool, collected too. Right after the, the game ended. Shook the hands of every Heat player. Yeah, good you, job. you don't see that in sports. GG's. Like shout out hockey because at the end of a series, they, always they do, all yeah. line up. Yeah. You you just don't see it. I mean, so they do it in basketball. Out. They high five, but it's nothing. Yeah, different. but you, after an NBA Finals, you're you're just yeah, you're up in arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not caring about going. It yeah. didn't even seem like they really celebrated. It was just all right. The only one that celebrated for real was like Aaron and Jamal. They were they were litty. They were Bro. Litty. they were litty. But I do before we get fully into it, just want to throw my my uh not semi annual because I do it way too often. Uh KD slander out there. Uh KD makes his whole life, his whole everything about him is basketball. And uh Jokic won a championship without like the help that KD required to win it. So uh KD, get wrecked. You need Steph. Steph doesn't need you. You're a bum. Third mm-hmm. bozo ratio. Um, oh, yeah, and Jokic beat you in six, so L. <laughs> um, that just felt right. 
Okay, Jokic doesn't care. This is his, this is just what he does, and he he'd be a baller like that. He's an NBA Finals champion. He's an NBA Finals MVP. He's a two-time MVP. Should have been a three-time in a row MVP. And and, yep, a, and the biggest time. loser. You know what's actually crazy? We came into this playoffs and we said who has the most and the least to gain from this playoffs. I remember specifically saying I don't think Jimmy has a lot to gain or lose rather because. He's already playoff Jimmy and like he's an eight seed, all that. Giannis is already a finals MVP, two time MVP. He doesn't matter so much. Uh, we said a couple of guys and we said Embiid had like the most to lose of everybody in this playoffs. And boy, did he lose it all. Yeah. <laughs> like he won the MVP and he was really good this year. I don't think he should have won it, but a lot of people were like, gave it to him. He was great, whatever. Right, so he wins his MVP, and he was pretty bad in the playoffs. And he changes the way he plays in the playoffs. And then you look at Jokic, and he played the same, and he was maybe even better than he was in the regular season. And Finals MVP, he wins it all. And if there was ever an argument between the two, it's it's dead, it's dead. And I I've thought it's been dead for years, but it is dead. Yeah, like, Embiid, I've always looked at that he could be a dominant center. And and that's cool, but you're just not on the same caliber as Jokic. No. You're, you're just not. No. You can't move. And that's like okay. Him. That's okay. It's fine. It's fine. But there there comes a point where there's, you're just, you're not him. There's le- <laughs> there's levels. There are levels. And, and Jokic is a guy who is already... As a 28-year-old, a top 25 player to ever play the game of basketball. Already. There are not 25 players who have more accolades and accomplishments and are just better when you watch them play than Jokic at this point. And and Embiid is not quite in even that remote <laughs> uh, conversation. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing. Again, it's like... It's one of those really weird things that basketball is like, if you're not the best, you're the worst. And it's like... Whatever, but um Embiid you know. needs a change of scenery too. Just get out of Philly. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where you go. Just I, get out I, of Philly. I, I'm willing to give him a season without Doc Rivers. And I know this is gonna be a second or third head coach, but obviously the first few years were trash. And then um and then Doc's been there for the last like what four years now. I'm willing to give him a season in his prime without Doc, and then we'll we'll readjust. We'll we'll come back to it. And it, it's not even that, though. Like, I just feel like with everything that's happened with him, the Sixers, the, the, the staff, the, the the whole process, just it's run its course. It's run We've its seen course. it. We trusted it. It, it didn't pan out. I mean, it, it panned a little bit, just not to a f- championship. The process again, was good. Like, the Sixers were horrible for 20 years. Yeah. And now they're, they're even talked about. So it's great. But just... As a player like him, I think it for him, for his benefit, just starting fresh somewhere might be the best thing for him. Okay. Is that going to happen? I don't think so. Probably I not. At least, yes. again, not this offseason. N- yeah. That's not a this offseason thing. They still have a window, and they're going to figure it out. And then maybe next year, if it doesn't pan out again, if they're a first-round exit, there's a real conversation. But I don't think that winds up happening, and unless like just the team kind of implodes, which hey, who's but, who's but that's the thing. It, it would suck for 
you go through a whole another season and then yeah. got to deal with that all over again. So, I, I completely agree, but let's not derail yeah. from the champs because no, that's a team that has done everything pretty much right. They have they have their max contract guys. They have one of the best duos that the game has currently, which is crazy because Jamal is like really good, and I love Jamal mm-hmm. Murray, but like he's not like a top tier top tier guy but like he really steps it up when they need him and he's even elevated his game when they've needed i've never seen jamal be a facilitator and a playmaker the way he was in these finals and that was very impressive not not the fact that he did it because some guys do elevate but the fact that he was even capable of being the playmaker that he was for the last two and a half series was like very impressive to me so shout out to jamal this team's young this team's really, really young. Uh, again, Jokic's only twenty eight. I think Jamal's twenty eight. Aaron Gordon's in his like late twenties. Like these guys are all young, and obviously, salary cap's gonna eventually become an issue. And if they need more free agents, it's gonna be an issue. But like they they got a they got a two, three, four year window where with this core, and obviously you're gonna have to add, subtract a piece, a two, a shooter, a three and D. A rotational guy. That that's how the league kind of works. You rotate in some of those guys, but they have an opportunity to be Warriors esque. Yeah, I mean, to to the caliber of how Warriors players were, Steph and Clay, no, but you you look at it in a different way though, because now obviously Jokic is. Jokic has a is, Jokic yeah, has but, a chance to be better than Steph all time. Yeah, he just does. But I'm saying, like, compared in their yeah, own way, yeah. because you can't compare them. No, 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 one to one. It's impossible. But they have their Steph Murray. If if he keeps it up, you you got your clay. Now, Aaron Gordon's low key a Draymond with how he, he defends. He, he's a Draymond. He's not a. So, he's not Draymond, but like the way they kind of yeah. use him, he's a defender first. Yeah, and then he's also a capable scorer. So it's it's going to be interesting. It, it's really going to be interesting. I really want to see what happens with this. But I I don't think I really disagree with that. Yeah, and I mean I you got to like I I could I could see them getting back to the finals again next year. And and that's the thing too. It's like obviously winning multiple finals is very very difficult. Oh, absolutely. But being in the in the conversation and being a team that like you could see in the conference finals at least every year. Like, that's really the barometer I have. Because getting to the conference finals every single year or being a game or two away from it is about as dynasty-like as you can be in the NBA, especially with how loaded the West always seems to get. Whenever one team in the West wins the championship, the other teams, like, retool like crazy, and they, like, knee-jerk reaction like hell. And we've already seen one of them. The Phoenix Suns, who got kind of blown out by the Nuggets. I know it's a six-game series, but they really got blown out. Yeah. They went and they made a gigantic trade and essentially got Bradley Beal for pennies on the dollar, which that must have been the most logistical nightmare of a trade ever. Bradley Beal, $47 million contract. He's on a Supermax. A no-trade clause. With the Wizards. So not only do you got to deal with the no trade clause and the money, but you got to deal with an, an incompetent organization trying to off them. And then you got to deal with the Suns who have like 
how do we make this work? We have to put Chris Paul in this deal. We just have to because the, the rumors of him getting cut last week were not true. Which that was kind of crazy. There was a second where we thought, we thought Chris Paul got like DFA'd when he was just like <laughs> owed like $25 million if they caught him, which is crazy. crazy. So he winds up getting off. They It's uh what was it? Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, a couple of seconds into pick swaps. I'm imagining the pick swaps have to be like a first to a second. Because if, right? if not, and, and maybe and, and maybe that those details are out there, but like if not, the Wizards really, really just fumbled the bag. Because there's no way that you give up a guy who led the league in scoring just last season for second round picks. Like the 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 times that second round picks even become rotational players is incredibly low. You're not drafting a Draymond Green. Especially when you're the Washington Wizards. You know how many of their draft picks have panned out over the last years? Bradley Beal. <laughs> That's it. And so, and that was a, Bradley Beal was what, the third overall pick? It was like the third or the fifth. He was like, uh, he was a high lottery I, pick. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, So like those second round picks don't work out too well. Chris Paul is going to get flipped because he's an aging star that they don't want to give that money to. Yeah, um, and there's no reason to keep him there. Like, there's what, no what reason. Clearly they're team? rebuilding. So there's no reason to have Chris Paul there, right? No. Fine. Landry Shamit, sure, he'll play for him. He might start for them. Cool. He's not that good. He's okay. He's an NBA player, right? He's fine. He, he's, he's a cool little depth piece. Yeah, he's, he's, an NBA, he's an NBA player. And, and yeah. you know, he's a great NBA player when you're trying to tank. Like, that's a guy you want starting when you're tanking. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Like, you know? So, but I think this deal is really, really crazy because when's the last time we saw an all-NBA caliber player traded for anything less than, like, three first-round picks? It's wild, dog. And there's not a single first-round pick in here. So, first of all, kudos to the Suns for making this deal happen without giving up any first. Not that they had any to give up, but without giving up any first. They got rid of the Chris Paul contract, which is a terrible contract. Somehow a worse contract than this Bradley Beal one. Yet, even in a fleecing of a trade, they still somehow lose. Because... A fantastic trade. They're going to win a lot of regular season games because they have the best scorer I've ever seen. Devin Booker, who's becoming the best two guard in the league. And now they have Bradley Beal, who again, led the league in scoring last year. Yeah. He's not going to lead the league in scoring ever again, especially with these guys on his team. They are all ball dominant guys, which sucks. And now you're running into the Brooklyn Nets issue. Katie was just part of. Now he wants to run and it we, back. And we all know how that, that worked out. Now, thankfully, Bradley Beal's a cool dude. He's a very chill, very to himself guy. Devin Booker just sometimes likes getting with celebrities. Outside of that, he's pretty to himself. So the drama of this team is probably like as like such a large fraction of what it was in Brooklyn with the personalities there and everything. But you deal with a different issue now, and that's the, the luxury tax. The Suns have five players signed going into next season. They literally do not have a role player on the bench. They don't have a bench player. And they are over the luxury tax. It's like $170 million in five players. 
it, it's crazy because you you go ahead and look at Denver and everybody that matters is coming back. It's coming back, and you got to imagine that they're gonna go get somebody, somebody that's gonna make this team. Whether it's a, a, a three-point guy, whatever it is. Yeah, wh- like, whatever it ends up being, but they have room to make that happen. You yeah. look at the Suns, and to me, the Suns are probably, right now, just without anything happening, are are going to be the ones that Denver has to go through, right? I, I don't think the Clippers are next season. I don't, I don't think Memphis. I'm going to say the, the Clippers because I really would like to see the Clippers healthy. But like we've said that every year, they're well, not going to be well, healthy. That, so like whatever. Like, but like I'm not going to bank on that. If the, if the teams are healthy, it's the Clippers. But yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But I'm I'm just not going to bank on that. We we've never seen it. No, it's not going to happen. Either, just so. ever. It it's doesn't. Not, exist. It's it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So you you're going to go through Phoenix. Where where's the depth? Where are you getting these players from? Who are you getting? What are you getting them for? Because that's the biggest issue. Again, they have five players rostered, right? You have to have, like, 11. Like, say they need six players. That means they need to get six players to fit under the new second apron from the new CBA. And I don't remember exactly what their number looks like right now. I think they're at, like, 170. And the new CBA is, like, 171.9. So they have to get six players under 1.9 million? To stay under the CBA, or even if that's not the exact number, that's more or less the gymnastics they're going to have to go through. And they don't have draft picks, so they can't get these rookies. <laughs> they, have, they have no draft capital. And now they have to pray that Carmelo comes out of retirement, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that Jimmer Fredette comes back for a half a season, that Dwight Howard's willing to give up recruiting for the Shanghai Sharks, or whatever team he's actually on. Shout out to to uh, Dwight though. That recruiting is really funny. It's really good. Yeah. And, and like, it's gonna like this is the most difficult job I will ever see an organization have to do to create a roster to where KD, Bradley Beal, and and Devin Booker don't have to play forty eight minutes a game. This is the typical two K roster that you you turn off like trade declines and all that yeah you just get the contracts and now you're just maxed out on money with nobody on the team and obviously in 2k it, there's no tip- like penalties like whatever luxury tax who exactly. cares and i mean they, they don't care about the luxury tax it, it i mean they care about the second apron that new second apron is brutal so like that obviously, they do obviously not they don't care <laughs> well they're gonna have to figure out a way to care they, they gotta 40, figure it out 47 <laughs> million for bradley beal and 46 million for kd it's crazy, dog. It's crazy. Or is it, you got is it Katie or Booker? Players. I don't remember. One of the two. I don't remember. Um, I don't it, remember. It's one of the two. The other is 36. So it's 47, 46, it's 40, 36. Yeah. Katie. But um, you got, you got these three guys, and how you expect them to go ahead and run the gauntlet for 90 In the regular season, sure. sure. But that's the thing. You got to look at 90-plus sure. games. If, if one of these guys the gets hurt, they get swept in the first round. Yeah. Easy. They might lose in the play-in. Easy. And, like, that's no disrespect to KD or Booker or Beal or whoever of the three is there. But, like, if you just play an 82-game season 
and then you have to go play a playoff team when you have when when you're now say let's just again Beal is hurt and then they've already had veteran minimums as their fill in point guard and their fill in six seven eighth man right now you have veteran minimum Isaiah Thomas and the ghost of Iman Shumpert starting in a playoff game and having to give you 36 minutes. You're not winning that game. You're not winning that game. And I mean, that's like, that's like all the respect in the world to those guys too. But like, you're just not because they can't be on a court for that long and defend at the highest level. Because like, what if they have to play the Lakers in the play in? Because that's what happened this year. Or if they get the, who's the first round matchup? They played the Clippers in the first round this year, right? Mm-hmm. They're not stopping anybody on the Clippers with that type of team. It's not happening. So this, they have a lot of questions, but I, I think the trade is cool. And if they can manage to find the right guys, I don't know who it is. Maybe it is Isaiah Thomas. Maybe it is. Carmelo or whoever it is. If they can you, find you guys, really hope that you could Frankenstein this roster. They and, and they have to. And you know what? It's possible. It's definitely it possible. Just they gotta Frankenstein it and hope those pieces are like not rusted and dusted. Like it's tough. It's very difficult. It's very, very, very difficult. And I am actually rooting for them to do it. I hate KD and I hate Devin Booker, but like if they can make that work, this would be one of the more impressive GM jobs I've ever seen. Yeah. And clearly the talent's there. It's just like it didn't fill any of their needs. They needed three point shooting. They needed depth. They didn't get either. And they needed defense. And they got none of the three in this trade. <laughs> none of the three. Bradley Beal was a horrible defender. He is not a good three-point shooter. <laughs> he, he can't space the floor at all. He's one man, so he's not deft either. So, yeah, there's my rant. I, th- I just thought it was funny. Like, I saw the deal, and I was like, what the? And, and also, you got the question mark of, like, DeAndre Aiden, too. DeAndre Aiden without Chris Paul, I'm not kidding, might turn into Mason Plumley. Like, what? And that's what his ceiling. I think his ceiling might be Mason Plumley. He is not a good player. And and there's been so much like weird turmoil with that team and him. Yeah. Like, does he stay? Does he go? Is he getting traded? Is what what happens? Like, I'm sure he's gonna stay. You, you'll if they you're can tra- if they can his, trade him power to keep him. If they can trade him, that would be the biggest like W for the organization because I think DeAndre Ayton's fine. He's not a max player. Clearly, he's not no, a max he's player. He's a good player. He's, he's good not player. a max player. He's making max money. I know. And he's not he's a max player. 32 mil. That's year. a lot of money for a guy who in the playoffs vanishes and his defense vanishes. And now he doesn't have his pick and roll option. Well, how, how much, what was his points per game last year? Was it, was it like four, 13, 14, I think it's probably like a, like a 50% oh, shooter. Uh, like he's not that good. <laughs> like he's really not that good. He had, I can look this up too. 18, 18 points a game. Okay, that's actually a re- okay. So that was actually a really good regular season for him. Yeah, 18, he had, um, 18 flat on fifty eight percent, fifty eight percent field goal percentage is not good from a big man, typically anyway. And now he's not going to have Chris Paul on that pick and roll, so he's going to have to either have a KD run pick and roll or somebody else. 
And that somebody else is going to have to be some dude off the street, veteran minimum, again. So I expect a like large regression offensively from DeAndre Ayton this year. And so trading him would actually be like peak. That would be awesome. Because then if they trade him, they're probably getting a guy or two and a pick or two. You, you got to hope that you get two guys, like get people, don't, yeah. don't get draft picks, and then get the draft picks on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 he's not even that like his already... value is not even that high either. Plus you have to offset yeah. the contract, so like you're you're not getting that much for Aiton like you would have two years ago. Nah. So nah. It, again, it's a weird thing. I know we spent a lot of time about the Suns, but like this is like one of the weirder trades I've ever seen, and it's kind of fun. It's a big three. Big threes don't work anymore. So like, I don't know. I don't this know. is a super offensive big three. Yeah, I mean, this might be the best offensive big three probably ever. But, like, also not because, like, the the spacing doesn't work. But, like. Yeah, if this works, this is everything that the Nets wanted it to be. Might be better. I think this is better or worse. I think it's worse historically. But in its current form, better, if that makes sense. Like, Harden was obviously on the decline offensively. Although he's super valuable as a non-scorer, obviously, right? Um, same as Kyrie. He's he's valuable as a non-scorer, but he's also... Like, is Kyrie a better scorer than, than Devin Booker? Maybe. I, I feel like creating Probably his not. own... Creating his own shots and, like, creating space on his own. Yes, just because of his handles. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I definitely put Kyrie over. Kyrie might be one of the best shot creators I've ever seen. So, yeah. yeah. Ky- Kyrie's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, we, we yeah. can't knock, knock what he does. Yeah. 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 Like, it, it's just. But Devin Booker's <laughs> a pretty good shot creator, too. I think the size. No, he is. Matter factors into it, too. Like, obviously, Kyrie has to yeah. create more because he's a much smaller guy. So, I don't know. That's an interesting conversation to have. I feel like we can hold, we can do a whole debate on that. We we need to get some stats and figure out which of the which of those offensive. What's the best offensive big three of all time? That could be a cool little thing we do. At, at Spectators Media, Ch- yeah. check it out in the next couple of days. We'll yeah, we'll, get, we'll get we'll get some research out there. That sounds like a really good TikTok. Um, but yeah, enough about the Suns. Uh, one, well, actually, real quick, 